the Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Cranberry Radio proudly presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, chief storyteller at Styled Retail, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, an article from Chuck Martin on Media Post to Mobile Shop Talk. He's looking at mobile apps. We all know mobile apps are big out there but how retailers are really lagging in usage. And that's concerning considering that we are now in Q4, retailers Super Bowl, if you will. Um, mobile apps are, are big, $10 million, billion, with a B, uh, $10 billion online have been spent through mobile apps uh, just in the last month. That's huge. And apparently mobile apps generate a higher conversion rate than other digital portals. And app users look at more products compared to desktop viewers as well. Most of the time, however, spend on apps is not focused on shopping. Um, in fact, mobile apps have accounted for 80% of all growth in online media. Um, but the average download per person is around four. And guess what? They are not reading. Retailers, that's the problem. The big ones are Facebook, Facebook Messenger, YouTube, Google Maps, Google Search, Google Play, Gmail, Pandora, Instagram, and finally, Amazon Mobile. Right after Amazon, we've got Walmart as the other big retailer, and then we go to eBay. But significant lack of retailers there, and that's a problem. Another potential downside for merchants is push notifications, which a lot of people are not accepting anymore, so you're going to want to know about that. Um, U.S. shoppers, the majority of them, 73%, plan to shop online this holiday season, and uh, 22% of U.S. shoppers don't plan to go in a store at all. All so retailers, get your act together. It's time for you to get out there and uh, maybe get some mobile apps because that is not only the wave of the future; it is your present. That is for sure. Well, our purse profile today is the Alpha Mom. It's a Gen Y target. More than 1.6 million of these women out there, college grads, married, employed full-time, median household income of 121K. She keeps up with fashion. In fact, she considers herself to be influential, the first among her friends to try new styles. Um, she also is great at making her own recommendations. She's confident, embraces her own individualism, ambitious, and motivated. She lives in the moment, takes advantage of life, and desires always for something new and different. She does value quality, though, at the end of the day, and she will pay more for it. So where is she shopping? Neiman Marcus, Ikea, Williams-Sonoma, and Nordstrom are all big with her. Um, from a designer standpoint, Vera Wang, Christian Dior, Prada, and Chanel. Where can you intersect with this woman? Well, she's reading a lot of magazines, Vogue, 
W, Better Homes and Gardens in Style, um, are all big for her as well as Oprah. She's watching CNN, TLC, HGTV, Bravo, Lifetime, and E, and she's online uh, with a lot of those same companion websites. My guest today knows a lot about women, especially those alpha women out there. In fact, that's her specialty. Eleanor Beaton is the president and CEO of Impact and Influence for Women. It's a global training and development company that helps high-potential women reach the very top. Um, She's the host of Fierce Feminine Leadership, which is a top-ranked podcast for ambitious women in business. She's also one of eight global advisors to the Visiting Women's Executive Exchange Program at Yale School of Management. She's a go-to coach for highly accomplished executive and entrepreneurial women who are looking to dial up their impact results, and she loves the process. So you're going to want to hear what Eleanor has to say about what's keeping us back from being our best selves and the steps that we need to take to really move from success to significance. Eleanor Beaton will be on the show when we return after the break. Her strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Cranberry, Cranberry Radio. We're everywhere. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Eleanor Beaton. She's the president and CEO of Impact and Influence for Women. It's a global training and development company that helps high potential women reach the top. Eleanor has a background as an award-winning journalist, international speaker, coach, and expert in high-performance Um, for women. She's a go-to coach for highly accomplished executive and entrepreneurial women who are looking to dial up their impact results and loves the process. So I'm really excited to have Eleanor on today. She's the host of Fierce Feminine Leadership, which is a top-ranked podcast. So she's kind of uh, like-minded, I would say, since she's on my podcast today. Eleanor, welcome. Thank you so much, Maria. It's a pleasure to be here. 
Well, I'm really thrilled to have you on. First, let's just dive in and talk a little bit about the work of Impact and Influence for Women and what motivated you to establish yourself as a leadership coach, especially focused on high-impact women specifically. So I started out, you know, earlier in my business doing leadership development training for men and women within organizations. And so, you know, we would bring together cohorts of senior managers and leaders within organizations, and I would take them through leadership development and communications training programs. And I started to notice differences between the men and the women in those programs. So when we started to have our roundtable discussions, what I would notice is that the women whom I knew to be very accomplished and talented leaders um, were not as vocal, were not weighing in to quite the same degree as their male counterparts were. Um, And what's more, what I found was that often if they had uh, questions, they would sometimes want to talk about it offline or they would come after class or if they had, you know, different different, um, types of opinions that maybe perhaps were a little bit controversial. So there was a lot of kind of working around the scenes. And what I know to be true is that, you know, if you are going to really make an impact, if you're going to really dial up your presence You've got to have confidence to be able to do that in the moment. And so I saw a need, you know, that these senior women had in that they needed to fulfill in order to really unlock those top levels of success. And um, what what I wanted to focus on was not broad based leadership training because these women and men, you know, they were already getting it, but really kind of get very focused on influencing skills, on impact skills, because that's the area where I felt these women needed a little extra push to get where they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So what are the fundamental building blocks that you focus on then Eleanor, knowing that these women are are already extremely accomplished? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things. Number one, confidence. I think that's always, you know, women at all types of different levels, men experiences too, but not to the same degree that women do, you know, experience so-called imposter syndrome. So, you know, we're always, always working on confidence, but also influence, presence, and very um, uh, highly sophisticated communication skills. So these are really the three core areas that I'm going to be working with, you know, um, when I'm working with women who are entrepreneurs really looking to grow their businesses, or I'm working with senior executives or emerging leaders within an organization who are looking to really dial up their results. It always comes down to influence, presence, confidence, and sophisticated communication skills. Mm -hmm. I would think that Um, When it comes to communication, though, you're probably working with women who already do a fairly good job with communication. I mean, what do you think about that? I think the stereotype is, of course, that women are good communicators, but maybe you're finding something different. No, no, I think I, I completely agree. I think that we are good communicators. And so here's here's what I mean by that. You know, when you look at, for instance, Fortune magazine just re- released its uh, most powerful women in business. So when you start looking at women who are really hitting those top levels, and despite the fact that we make up more than half the workforce, despite the fact that, you know, women have more than half the degrees, the undergraduate degrees in this country, um, when you start to look at those very upper levels of success, 
you know, just 4% of, of the CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies are women. There are more CEOs named John than there are women <laughs> on that list. Um, you know, just 2% of women-owned businesses uh, crack the seven-figure mark. This despite the fact that women are starting businesses faster than ever before. So, you know, in the United States, there are 1,100 net new women-owned businesses open their doors each and every day. And that has really been the trend for the last, since the recession. When you look at that same time period, um, you know, our total share of revenue creation hasn't changed. So that means that we are getting traction, but not at those very top levels, whether we're looking at women entrepreneurs or whether we're looking at women in senior roles. And so, you know, at that very top level, in order to take your seat at the table where the big deals and the big decisions get made, what's required are very nuanced, sophisticated communication skills, very often that are going to enable you to deal effectively with gender bias. Unconscious gender bias truly is still one of the biggest strangleholds on a woman's um, career or business development. You know, if you think about women entrepreneurs who are really trying to access capital to grow their businesses, um, unconscious gender bias can prevent them from building the relationships with venture capitalists and other types of people who are going to have the business, the, the cash to help them grow their businesses. Same thing for women who are looking to get into the C-suite and large organizations. So that's the kind of communication skills that I'm talking about. Got it. Thank you so much for clarifying that. So, you know, you as you mentioned, you are working with very successful women, women that are running billion-dollar companies, CEOs, advisors to presidents and prime ministers. Do you find that they have something in common, though, when they come to you initially? Yeah, they all so different. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are, you know, and that's that's part of the that's part of the the joy and the pleasure. And so they would constitute, you know, one um, one segment of the customers and clients that we serve. And at that level, I would say what those women are looking to do is really to move from a place of success to a place of significance. And you know, I think about often, you know, our careers. It's kind of like learn, earn, return. So, you know, the beginning of our lives and careers, we're, we're investing in, and spending the, the, the biggest, the lion's share of our time learning, you know, then we move into a place where, where the, it's all about earning. And then we move into a place where we're, le- we're still learning, we're still earning, but now the focus begins to shift. And that shift is really all about returning. So I would say that the women at these sort of upper echelon levels, they are looking to take the success that they have created already and make it mean something profound. So Mm -hmm. typically they are thinking, what is the thread that kind of ties my body of work together? How can I define myself and my brand outside this very high impact role so that when I leave this organization and go do something else, I'm known for something? What are, um, how can... Can I, I have developed so much experience and learning and insight. How can I take that and weave it into a talk or a book or something that I'm going to be able to teach others what I have, you know, learned over the course of, you know, what's typically a pretty brilliant career. So I would mm-hmm. say that's a big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
great. Um, and I, I do feel like as we get older, we are looking to leave a legacy, you know, that is so important. And so that really resonates with me that to move from success to significance, you do private coaching, you also do workshops, you do small groups. Do you feel like you can achieve many of the same goals through each of those avenues? Or do you have a recommendation on which ones people should uh, work with you on based on what they're looking to accomplish? So, you know, that's such a great question. I think that every woman um, should should be working with or have experience working one-to-one with a private coach at some point. Because, um, you know, even when you look at the fundamentals of adult education, you know, um, I think it's, it's really critical that what we're learning is very relevant to us personally. So I think that the, the most powerful way to do that is through a one-to-one coaching relationship. Um, however, I also think that one of the biggest success factors for people, especially when they're looking to make some form of a change, is the existence of a supportive community. So to answer your question, I think the most brilliant results are accomplished through a mix of group coaching or training where you have the ability to um, form relationships with people who are learning the same types of stuff that you're learning, but are also bearing witness to the woman that you're becoming. You know, I think that's really critical to hold that door of possibility open for you, you know, and we need a community to do that. So that's sort of the first part, but also that you have, you know, personalized one-to-one feedback from somebody who has a vested interest in your success. And I think that, so I think, you know, really for most high-performing women, they're going to want, they're going to want a mix of both. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk a little bit about these women. You know, you've talked about how they're so successful in many ways. And I'm sure once you reach a certain level, you actually are an expert on many topics. How important is it to focus on one area or two areas to really have that influence? Or, is, or, or would you say that that really doesn't matter? You know, that's such an interesting question. I love that question. So we've all heard, I think, that the, you know, from an entrepreneurial perspective, the the riches are in the niches, you know, yeah, and the importance of focus. And I think what it really, so, so I absolutely think it's critical that as a leader, you have a good solid sense of what is my zone of brilliance? What is, or what are the two or three areas where I really excel, where when I'm on, I am on, (laughs) you know, I'm on fire. I think it's really critical that you know that. Um, And I think that really tuning into those things helps you be more successful. It helps you steer your career and your business and, and your role within your career or business, you know, more effectively. However, there is there is a cost to get into the room. So once you're in the room, I think it's really important to to be very very clear on what your core skill sets are and to stay there as much as possible. But when you look at you know, women entrepreneurs, the women who are leading the fastest growing companies in this country, the women who are leading the biggest organizations in this country, um, the 2% of women who are building businesses that are, you know, seven figures plus, 
here's what you're going to see. They are able, they are more like a conductor in a symphony than the violin player. And here's what I mean by that. You know, if you want to run an effective organization that truly gives you freedom, whether you're as the CEO of an existing company or a senior leader within an existing company, or you're building your own, you've got to understand how the pieces fit together. And, you know, we're going to talk about why it is that women, um, women entrepreneurs and women in business still aren't earning, you know, the equivalent of our male counterparts. But one of the things that I see is that, you know, women tend to get very, very focused in their careers and in their businesses really quickly, often on sort of some of the deep technical side of what they're doing. You know, if it's a service-based business, maybe they're focusing really on the delivery of those services. If they're working within an organization, you know, maybe they're focusing really on the, the, and the their career on sort of marketing or human resources, when you look at what it takes to lead, you need to have a really broad sense of how your organization works. You've got to understand how all the pieces fit together so that you can effectively lead it. So, you know, if if I'm working with women who are more emerging in their career, um, I will absolutely encourage them to take, quote unquote, assignments in other areas within their big companies to really get that broad experience. Because when you look again at the Fortune, you know, 500 CEOs, they're typically coming from they're, they're from an operational background versus a staff function background. Like they're not typically coming from accounting or human resources or marketing and going into that CEO spot. They're typically have they're typically coming from operations. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break, Eleanor. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what you just mentioned: how female entrepreneurs aren't necessarily replacing their corporate income. They're having a challenge getting into that um, seven-figure, six-figure uh, level. Uh, so, everybody, stick around. Eleanor Beaton returns in just a moment. Her strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. It's time to take your ad testing out of the Mesozoic era and into the Ezoic era. Ezoic is the world's first machine learning platform, creating tailored ad combinations to monetize your website. Our automated ad testing not only boosts ad income, but increases page views, improves bounce rate, and will impress the user experience. Start your 30-day free trial today at ezoic.com. And join thousands of publishers who are already earning 60% more with Ezoic. That's E-Z-O-I-C.com. Ezoic, make your website smarter. Ezoic is a Google certified publishing partner. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm.
Purse Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. I've been chatting today with Eleanor Beaton. She's the president and CEO of Impact and Influence for Women, which is a global training and development company, helps high potential women reach the top. She's also the host of Fierce Feminine Leadership, which is a top-ranked podcast for ambitious women in business. And she's the creator of Bold Women Thought Leaders, an exclusive business coaching program, and also one of eight global advisors to the Visiting Women's Executive Exchange Program at Yale School of Management. And we've been talking today about um, what women who reach really the highest of levels need to be doing to have uh, move from success to significance, as Eleanor has talked about it, with a focus on confidence and communication skills and presence and um, with the support of a community as well as one-on-one coaching. And um, Eleanor, the statistics out there are a little bit... um, disappointing, I have to say, when it comes to entrepreneurs. Now, we're, we're not talking about women in a corporate setting, but we're talking about women who have their own businesses. We know there's a struggle for them to reach the million-dollar mark. Um, and you also have said that they don't replace, they have a hard time replacing their corporate income. Can you talk a little bit about why they're challenged in this regard? Yeah, absolutely. So there's two types of, there's two buckets of reasons, <laughs> I would say. So, you know, one of the buckets of reasons is that, um, is the industries that women t- typically are starting businesses in. So there are absolutely women who are starting technology companies, manufacturing companies, you know, that type of company. Um, but what we will see more often is women are starting businesses in service-based industries. So the revenues are not necessarily going to be um, as high there. So that's, that's, you know, one bucket of answers. But when I'm on the ground, you know, in the trenches, coaching and working with women entrepreneurs, um, you know, many of whom have left very successful corporate organizations and corporate roles because they want the freedom of having their own businesses. So these are coaches, they're consultants, they're typically service provider, you know, entrepreneurs. One of the, you know, key areas where they are struggling, and according to the Harvard Business Review, the majority of women who do leave the corporate world struggle to replace their their salaries when they start businesses. There are a couple of things. Number one is that... Um, we what i what i have observed is that women are not always as focused or as comfortable on the sales side of business. And there's a lot of social conditioning that um, a woman's got to work through in order to stand in her power, you know, own her worth and confidently ask for a sale and charge appropriately. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so those there's a there's a bunch of things going on. So when I go in and I'm working with a woman who says, look, I'm doing well, but I could be making so much more money, I'm overworking. You know, we're typically going in and looking at, you know, just checking out what's going on in their business. And very often there's a a lot of room to charge appropriately and to really improve her negotiation skills so that, you know, the beauty of that is when you charge more, you know, when you're charging appropriately, you can really begin to grow the profits of your business without working more. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, really having good solid sales skills. On the other hand, the women who I'm working with who are doing very well, they typically have come into their business with good solid sales skills. So they've received sales training, they have a good background in that, they're comfortable in that. Those are often the women whose businesses I see take off much faster. 
Mm-hmm. Now, you would know you started your own business, hence what we've just been talking about, impact and influence for women. Uh, you're a mom, you're a businesswoman, busy professional, have all of those pressures that many of us do. Do you feel like you had everything you needed to launch your own business or did you have to kind of learn as you went? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I just knew you were perfect. So good to hear that you are not. <laughs> no, no. You know, it's so, I, I think I was in many ways very much like the women that I often work with. So I, I started my business because I wanted freedom. Um, and I had some good, solid technical skills. I was an expert uh, in what I did. I was not a natural entrepreneur. And so, you know, I started out and I, I very quickly built a good job for myself. So I, you know, I had clients, I was working, I was making great money. It felt like a good job. You know, that happened fairly quickly within about two years. But, you know, I had a job without the benefits of a job. So that meant, you know, if I went on holiday, the money stopped. And so I, you know, experienced what I would call um, sort of organic growth, But I knew that if I really wanted to build a financial legacy for my family, if I wanted to truly experience the freedom that had caused me to build a business in the first place, I needed to be a little bit more proactive about how I was growing my business. I had to be a CEO, not just a technician kind of doing my technical thing, helping clients. And that move, you know, I think about that move from, I I would say I went from organic growth to a place of proactive growth. And that challenged every part of me. And I think that's why I often think that entrepreneurship is the biggest personal development journey there is. Because there were a couple things I needed to do. Number one, I had to be able to communicate to a much bigger audience. Number two, I had to build a team and really make sure that, you know, I knew I was bringing the right people and putting them in the right seats on the bus. Number three, I had to pay very close attention to the numbers in my business. And, you know, as a communications person, I get the importance of having access and, and, you know, powerful statistics at your fingertips to help you paint a picture. But within the context of me running my business, I was much less comfortable with the numbers. And so I really had to discipline myself, A, to really be looking at that top line and looking at sales and making sure that I was confidently asking for sales and confidently making great offers. And I also had to begin making decisions by looking at my numbers, you know, every week, every month. So that I would say was um, was challenging for me. It continues to be the area um, that I find most challenging in my business. But you know, I really lean into it because there's nothing like you know developing that skill set and being like, you know what, I'm 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 doing it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm developing the skills. It's now I feel free. Now mm-hmm. I feel free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like men? have some secrets that we don't know about, uh, you know, and if you do, we'd love to know what they are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I do. I absolutely do. And, you know, this is like, I have this talk. It's one of my most popular talks. It's called Insider Secrets of the Old Boys Club. What men know, but women don't about influence, persuasion, and power. So I I think they absolutely do. And, you know, I, I think about it in terms of intergenerational savvy. 
So, you know, men have been in the world of business for and the world of, you know, work outside the home for a very long time. And they have built up sort of shortcuts and ways of doing things and, and rules that we as women are still just learning. So I think one of the secrets that men have that is so critical for any woman to know in business is that, you know, we talk about building your network. But networking really is a numbers game. Let's go back to the numbers. You know, if you start to look at situations when men are spending time together, you know, you look at football stadiums and bars and, you know, men are very comfortable having more sort of casual relationships, um, you know, acquaintance relationships with large group with many people women will tend to develop very deep relationships with fewer people. Now, this is great when you're leading a team, great when you're, you know, working with your clients and growing and, 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 you know, growing that way. But you've got to have, you've got to have, um, you know, men are typically going to be better networked than women. Um, and that's a problem for us because what it means is that men are going to, when they have a bigger network, they know the opportunities better they're getting, um, they, they know the deals, they know what's going on, they have a good picture of the lay of the land. As women, we've got to work on making sure that we're building up our networks, forming relationships with people, you know, <laughs> with lots of people. That's the key, you know, for women in business. So I think that's one thing. And I think another thing, you know, that's that's that I see is that as women, um, it's really critical for us to own our power and to detach from what other people think of us, mm. you know, to really detach from what other people think of us. And I would say that what I'm working with, no matter how successful, um, you know, that's a conversation that we're having over and over again. You started your business because you want to be free. So exercise your right to freedom by detaching about what other people think about you so that you can go and grow your business the way you want to. So you can have the freedom to, you know, write that blog post, create that podcast, get your book done, you know, be a keynote speaker, all these things. I think it's really, really critical that we as women um, learn to, um, you know, stand in our power and, and, and not look for permission and approval the way we've been conditioned to do. And I think guys have an easier time with that. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you. Um, okay. So who are your optimal clients? It sounds like you can work with almost anyone, Eleanor, and you do, but talk about who, uh, who's the type of woman that would be primed to knock on your door or drop you an email? Um, and, and speaking of that, also let people know how they can reach you. Yeah. So I love working with women who are ready to step into their power, to really own their ambition, and, to, and who want to position themselves as women of preeminence. So, you know, my ideal client, whether you are a woman who is working in the corporate world or you are an entrepreneur, you know, you are looking to um, you are looking to start a business where you get that the key to your competitive advantage is really to be able to own your expertise to be the authority and to be able to communicate that and you're and you understand that your ability to communicate you know being the authority being the expert is going to be directly tied to your compensation whether you're working within a corporate organization or you're an entrepreneur so you know for entrepreneurs and I know you have a ton listening to your show you know I tend to specialize working with women 
who have left successful careers in corporate organizations and are looking to take those skills and start or grow their business. Um, those women, what they typically need is to get is help getting their business into orbit. Once the business is going, they have the management skills. You know, most of my clients have MBAs, advanced degrees. They have the management skills to keep them going. It's just that act of getting it from not moving to moving. <laughs> so yeah. I can get you on the highway, you know, <laughs> and then your <laughs> skills can typically take you from there. Yeah. Fantastic. And I do want to let everyone know you can learn all about Eleanor Beaton and how to con- contact her, work with her, all that good stuff on her website, Eleanor Beaton, B-E-A-T-O-N.com. Eleanor, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I want to also let everybody know they can listen to your podcast as well um, and just uh, find that on your website also. Thank you so much, Maria. Great questions and what a fun interview. Yeah, thank you so much for being on and congratulations with all your wild success and, and helping women become even even better than they already are. So fantastic. Um, thanks to my producer, George, and join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 